back to the one where I met your mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> Natalie, how are you? I'm doing okay. I like that our listeners have become privy to your tendency to stick with a joke, run it into the ground, and then make it funny again. <laughs> like, Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I I would argue that it's never been funny except to me. No, I think the robot voice is funny. Um, and like the Trader Joe's ASMR is funny. And there's a part where it's like, is she still doing that? And then it's funny because you still are I'm doing still doing it. it. Yeah. 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 Can I and tell you about the joke when you slip for the floor? Can I tell the audience? <laughs> yes, please, please do. Our dog sheds quite a lot of hair. <laughs> Her dog's name is Darla. You've heard her on the show. Yeah. And when Natalie is swiffering and picks up a bunch of dog hair, she has a joke that's like, Darla, stop following me around. And then sees Darla on the couch like, but what? How are you? Th-? If <laughs> like, that's Darla, then <laughs> yeah. who is that? Because <laughs> there's so much dog hair in the yeah, swiffer. The joke being, it's like yeah, a whole nother dog. makes me laugh so hard every time. Yeah. So I'm really... glad that what I'm saying is I love that about you. And I'm glad that our listeners are getting to love it, too. But for listeners who maybe didn't hear when I first started it, it's because I always hate when, like, a a podcast co-host has, like, a sing-songy... Natalie! (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just trying to, uh, I guess, rebel against that. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate it. I think the listeners appreciate it. It makes me laugh. Uh, but let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Okay. Which is Friends and How I Met Your Mother Season 2, Episodes 13. Those episodes are called, respectively, The One After the Super Bowl Part, the one after the Super Bowl part 2 and Columns. Yeah, so you're going to make fun of my nope. Midwestern accent? No. Nope. C- columns is how it's pronounced. Um, and it's uh, fitting we're talking about The One After the Super Bowl Part 2 because it's right after the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, go Rams. Yeah. I say go Rams, but I've been – I said it on my other podcast recently, and I said something on Instagram, and the fact that I am a St. Louisan by birth has brought some people out of the woodwork because the Rams – before they were in Los Angeles were, were in, St. in St. Louis. They yeah. left St. Louis and came here, pissed off a lot of fans. So <laughs> St. Louis in St. Louis on Sunday, everyone was rooting for the Bengals. I've, I've come to learn. And I'm apparently a bad St. Louisan for being happy that what is now my, you're an Angelino. Now. I'm an Angelino now. I, yeah. Like literally this is how it came up. I, I have to do the exact math, but within, I'm about a year away from having lived in Los Angeles longer than I ever lived in St. Louis. I think of myself as an Angelino. Yeah. Um, but I want to say like to St. To, to former St. Louis Rams fans, I get it. That sucks. I'm like, I would, I would not be happy with, uh, the like rich corporate owners, you know, pulling up stakes from a city that supported them and trying to chase more money in a city that yeah. is barely caring about them. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> it took, this is the second time the Rams have been to the Super Bowl since coming to LA. They lost the last one. I feel like it's taken this win for people in LA to start being like, okay. But even then it's still gradual. Like, I don't feel like there's mm-hmm. a lot of Rams fans here and certainly not in the way that this, I mean, this is a Dodgers and Lakers town. Yes. Right. But I mean, there's so much pride, I guess I think, I mean, to win a Super Bowl, it's a big deal. That's and that's what's solidifying that, yeah, that that pride. But I, I, I still think, and like I feel like the the stadium is new, right? But that's also tied up, tied up with a lot of yes, like which gentrification we have, yes. and, and like terrible things happening to people and businesses that have been which, in Inglewood for generations. Exactly, and this happens anytime there's an Olympics hosted in a city or a Super Bowl or a big event. Yeah, um, just like the. The cleanup, quote unquote. Of yeah, they had uh, before the Super Bowl. They unhoused. had there were undercover ICE agents sweeping street vendors. Yep. In here yep. in, in Inglewood. Yep. So, uh, fuck all that. Yeah, fuck all that. We um, we did not watch. No, we Super didn't. Bowl. We didn't actually watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I still feel like I have that separation of being like, like I. I hate the Olympics. I hate like all the things you're saying, but it's so corrupt and it's like, not only is it not good for, it's like provably bad for cities. It's bad for the cities and the rich um, get richer. Yeah. 
and the poor get the picture. Um, yeah, that's our motto here. <laughs> that's a Tom Sharplingism. Yeah. Um, but uh, that said, I also am like, go USA women's hockey team. Like I still want them to beat Canada. Uh, I still get that little sense of pride. So I do feel like I'm happy for the Rams, but um, right. the NFL is a monstrous organization. The athletes have never been the problem. Well, I mean, they but, have been. <laughs> take, it back. take it back. I can think of it. I just examples. mean, I just mean, like, as far as like the Olympics, like the right, individual right. Olympians have never been the problem. Right. Okay. Well, I didn't even expect to get on that soapbox, but we mentioned the Super Bowl and, and it was on my mind because right. I've, I've been feeling guilty because people on Twitter and Instagram have been like shaming me for not being like a real St. Louisan and like. Yeah, I kind of want to say I don't really feel that much like it. Like I still like the Blues and the Cardinals; those are still my teams. Right. But I, I'm like I'm an Angelino. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. At this point, it feels weird to say, but it's true. It's true. All right. So uh, we. This is obviously it's the one after the Super Bowl Part Two. It picks up exactly where the last one ended. They're still at the 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 film set for Outbreak Part Two. Mm-hmm. They, I guess. They sang the song, and I guess Marcel, like, got them in. Yeah, and got them into a closed set. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it's a closed set. We know we're with the monkey, but, like, yeah, so they're 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 in. Um, uh, Joey is hamming it up to try and get cast for the director, and the director is played by David Crane, the co-creator of Friends. It's yeah, a little, uh, yeah, that's little, fun. little cameo there. Uh, so... Uh, that's just a sort of cold open. Then we got an establishing shot that includes the Twin Towers. I feel like I said at one yeah. point that I'm not going to mention every time we see the Twin Towers on Friends, but I think maybe I am because it never yeah. stops being weird. It's weird. It yeah. always will be. Um, and then when we get back to the set and we find out the... Uh, is it a makeup lady? Um, is that her job? Yeah, it is. Hair and makeup, right? Because they're yeah. talking about yeah. one of the actresses having uh, hair on her lip or yeah. whatever. Um, uh, and she's played by... Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Uh, and turns out that this is not Julia Roberts. It's a character she's playing. Uh, and this character went to elementary school with Chandler, recognizes him, uh, hits on him. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's real cute. Meanwhile, um, Monica and Rachel are walking by that one record store that's in the Friends neighborhood that we've seen mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica has a big crush. Mm-hmm. On John Cloud uh, Van Damme, she loved Time Cop, which I thought was pretty funny. A <laughs> um, little story about Jean Claude Van Damme. I oh, met please. him. Um, I think he lives in Simi Valley. Oh, okay. Or around there, because my sister worked at a Discovery Zone in Simi Valley, and he was there with his kids. Oh, that's cute. So I met him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if it's. I want to look up like personal life. Where does it say? Uh, JCVD lives. Um, <laughs> that's what he's. That's what he's that's muscles a, from Brussels. The muscles from Brussels. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't say. But, um, oh, he's been married five times to oh. four different women. Wow. So one he tried again. Interesting. Um, yeah. When I saw him, it had to have been 20 years ago, over 20 okay. years ago. Yeah. So who knows how many wives ago that was yeah uh but uh yeah i loved it uh monica loves time cop because i like as a kid loved time cop it's ridiculous now i'm sure i haven't revisited it since i was you know 12 or whatever seen it but i loved it because it's like it's uh uh very violent (laughs) but also like it has the kind of stuff that boys are like whoa cool yeah um, in terms of like special effects that are probably cheesy. Uh, it also has a sex scene cause that used to be like, it used to be normal for, uh, movies that were like mainstream movies to have sex scenes. Now mm-hmm. mainstream movies have to get a PG 13 right. because the target audience for every movie that Hollywood studios put out is 13 year old boys. Uh, but that's going to get me up on another soapbox. Right. So, uh, uh, yeah, so Monica, but she can't get up the nerve to go hit on JCVD. So she sends Rachel, uh, um, and he and Van Damme is kind of uh, a creep because he's like, 
just overtly hitting on Rachel. Yeah. Which I feel like it's kind of a, like a jerk. And Rachel even calls him a jerk, but is clearly like charmed by him. Yeah. But, but like, uh, I thought that was a kind of a creepy thing to do. Well, I thought it was kind of funny the way he did it. Like my friend thinks you're cute and he's like, well, tell your friend. I think her friend is cute. Yeah. You know? So it was kind of like schoolish, you know? I guess, I guess. Yeah. But there's other things later in the episode that made me think that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going he does, a creep yeah. that I'll get to later. Um, but meanwhile, uh, we find out we hit, we're, we're cutting back and forth between Van Damme and, Julia Roberts, J. Rowe, uh, and uh, we find out that uh, Julia Roberts mentions her character mentions this the story when they were kids together that that uh, Chandler like pulled her skirt up when they were in fourth grade in front of yep. the whole school and yep. she was like Susie underpants for the rest of her like grade school years or, or, or whatever. It um, took twenty years to live out that yeah that name um, yeah yeah uh, but then they start dating and and she's real. Uh, She's a, a, a adventurous, randy uh, woman. She wants yeah. to have sex in an elevator. She's like talking about all this like public sex and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but then and like some of her own kinks. Yeah. But then we get to like she's over at Chandler's apartment and they're like making out, and they have to go to dinner with they're going to dinner with uh, Joey and the. Um, first AD. Yeah. No, no, she's oh, not casting. She's the, yeah. Yeah. She's the first uh, AD, I think. Um, and then uh, Ross will also be there for reasons we'll get to in a minute. Uh, and um, do you notice the restaurant's name? No, we haven't gotten there yet, though. Oh, okay. But what was it? Well, the restaurant was Marcel's. Oh. And the reason why they're there. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so J-Row, uh, first off, but I'm saying before they're going to dinner, she's at the apartment and she says, like, I think it'd be really hot if you wore my underwear to dinner. And I immediately was like, oh, I see what's happening here. <laughs> um, and I, like, thought Chandler was dumb, but I guess he's, like, you know, blinded by his attraction to, mm-hmm. to J-Row. But, uh, like, to me, it was, like, it's immediately clear, like, oh, this is a long right. con to yeah. get him. Yeah. Uh, uh, to embarrass him. Um, but yeah, then Joey, so Joey, who's is also going to this dinner, but first he's helping Ross plan a dinner with Marcel at Ross's apartment. But then Marcel has to work cause he's an actor now. He's a big famous actor. And I guess that's how Ross ends up coming along to dinner with them. So yeah. he's, he's the fifth wheel yeah. at this, uh, this double date. Um, so if you can't have dinner with Marcel, he goes to dinner at, at Marcel's. Marcel's. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but meanwhile, Rachel and Monica are not like getting along. Monica is pissed that Rachel's going out. With, I didn't. I didn't even say that. That that Monica like reluctantly was like, "Well, if he likes you, better go out with him." They've been going out a few times, hanging out with Drew Barrymore, all this stuff. Monica's pissed about it. Yeah. And uh, Phoebe's trying to play peacemaker. Um, and there's a part where they're not looking at each other because they're so mad. But Rachel's talking, and Monica's like. <laughs> Mocking her, yeah, which is yeah, very yeah. funny. Yeah. But then Rachel says something like, do you think I can't see you in the TV set? And I was like, the T like, this sounds like someone's from leave it, to, leave it to beaver. <laughs> like, do you, yeah. who calls it the TV set? I think it's still a TV set. I think it's just a TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I like that Phoebe's, uh, like I said, she's playing peacemaker she's like breaking up fight she's grabbing him by the ears um this episode is silly very silly. a lot of it is silly it's yeah in in ways that i mostly i would say i liked it's out of form in many ways like it's very i don't want to say like dumbed down because it's all dumb but it was like it's more it was more like overtly sexual than usual uh-huh. and it was more like kind of I don't know. The humor was just like kind of well, yeah. That's it's broad ba- and there's base and broad. Yeah, there's hijinks and hijinks. Yeah, yeah. It's because they're trying to get a new audience. Like they're trying exactly. To open so they're going to have Super Bowl. like a lot of sex. They're going to have like fighting. Yeah, they're so going to have yeah. like it's going to be extreme. Uh, I didn't hate it though. Um, so we get back to the dinner, uh, and I uh, this is so this um, the actress who plays the first AD who's who's on this date with Joey was in the earlier scene, but I looked her up and I was like, 
her name's uh, Lisa Roberts Gillen. Mm-hmm. And I was looking up her IMDb and it's like, oh, she was in Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, she was in Mother's Day. She was in Mirror, Mirror. She was in I Love Trouble. She's, Julia. I, I was like, oh, Lisa Roberts, Roberts. Gillen. She's yeah. Julia Roberts' older sister. That's what I was, yeah. Um, which one, once I saw that, I was like, oh, I see it. I, I, I see that there, I see some similar features. Um, but anyway, so that's uh, Julia Roberts' older sister. Whole family there. Julia Roberts is obviously the biggest biggest star, but but uh, Eric Roberts is her right, older brother, right. and then Emma Roberts is her niece, I think. Yes, right? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So the whole family. Um. Anyway, so uh, so then J Rose, I, I keep calling her J Rose because I can't remember the character's name. Uh, um, is it Susie? Susie? It is Susie. Susie, right? Because she says I'm Susie. I was Susie Underpants. But so Susie's like, uh, let's go get it on in the bathroom. She gets J- uh, Chandler to strip down to his underwear, and then he or and she her underwear. To, yeah, to her underwear, right? Because uh, he's wear he's wearing them the whole night. Yes, yes, yeah. He's like uncomfortable. There's like a speaking of crude jokes, and she's like, "How are you feeling?" He's like something like hanging, hanging in, in there, there or a little bit out <laughs> or yeah. something like that. And it's uh, it's a it's a G string. Uh, we find that out later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, okay, so she gets him down to underwear and socks, and then she takes his clothes and runs. She is also in her bare feet in a men's room. Yes. So I was like, oh, yes. that's yeah. so gross. I was like, you're only hurting yourself here. <laughs> yeah. Because Chandler's still wearing socks. Yeah, at and least he's, he's not touching the ground and, like, touching everything in the way that she was. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... There's a, uh, so Rachel tries to, her way of halfway making it up to Monica is trying to, is setting her up on a date with Van Damme, but then it turns out she told Van Damme that Monica wanted to have a three-way with him and Drew Barrymore, right. which is the second time Drew Barrymore has come up and been talked about in like a sexual way. And I felt bad. I was like, at least if you're Julia Roberts, you signed up for this. Like right. Drew Barrymore is just being like former child star being like, crudely sexualized throughout this episode. I felt right. kind of bad for Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Well, I remember like when I first saw this episode, I thought that she would be in the end or something. Right. I yeah. was hoping. No. Um, but apparently she's like, likes to have three ways with, with JCVD. Yeah. Um, so this leads to the even more, ridic- if, the, if the brawl, like Monica mocking Rachel and then brawling and Phoebe picking them up, them up by their ears was, that was the first level. Now it goes to the next level where they have like a, um, I don't know what the, well, I know what the term is. <laughs> it's a Mexican standoff, but I don't know if that's an offensive okay. term anymore. Probably. Um, uh, where, where, um, uh, Monica is holding Rachel's favorite sweater, her third date sweater mm-hmm. and, and, and threatening to, to, to rip it. Uh, and and uh, Rachel is threatening to pour a jar of marinara into Monica's purse, and then they both just do it, and it's a very funny moment on both their their parts. Yeah. Um, especially, I, I know I feel like I'm. I think one of the things that I'm maybe learning from watching this is that I don't think I've given Jennifer Aniston enough credit as an actor, mm-hmm. especially as a comedic actor, because the way that she is like. The way that she sells, like, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm doing this while she's pouring the marinara in the purse, yeah. you know, and then, like, she'll pour a little and stop, and then Monica will pull another string out of the sweater, and then she'll yeah. be like, ah, do more marinara. It's a very funny, like, uh, non, well, it's not non-verbal, I guess it, yeah, non-verbal bit. Yeah. They're talking, but they're not saying words. They're yeah. just, like, yelling and having these big actions is a very, very funny scene. I have to say. Yeah. Well, it's, it's physical comedy, right? Yeah. And we've talked about this show does very well with that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with David Schwimmer and I think with Jennifer Aniston are are two of the big, uh, heavy hitters in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you and I were coincidentally listening to another podcast the other day where they were talking about friends Mm -hmm. and they repeatedly called it, one of the best cast shows in the history of TV. And I think that's true. Like this, this show, I don't think would have been the sensation it was 
this wasn't destined to be a hit no matter who got cast. Right. It was a sensation because of this cast right. and because of James Burroughs' directing style, like stamp that he put on it. And I'm sure a lot of what Marta Kaufman and David Crane brought to it. Uh, it's, there's, it, it's a specific melange of things that yes. had to all work for this show to be as good as it is. Yes. All right. Um, so now, uh, Eventually, Joey and then Ross come into the bathroom at the restaurant, and they're mostly just mocking uh, uh, Chandler. They're not helping him. Um, I did feel bad for Chandler because they were like they creeped up over the stall and were just like staring at him, and he's in a vulnerable place. Yeah, I felt bad for him too. Yeah, and then he they refused to give him any clothing. Yes. Um, well, Joey is, says, I can't give you any underwear because I'm not wearing any, which right. feels very Joey. Uh, or does it feel very Kramer? Yeah, that's true. That's right? true. Yeah. So eventually Chandler walks out, like takes the bathroom stall door off and walks. But I was like, the oh, other that's, side that's of good the for the camera. It's good for the camera, but the other, <laughs> there a whole restaurant full of people yeah. seeing that side. And of then him. when he walks down the street, it's going to be like, okay, he'll put, put the door on the street side. But and anyone, it's cold. Right, yeah, because it's January. It's January. They're all in scarves. They all have multiple layers. They could have given him a jacket, at the very least, yeah. to cover up. Yeah. Bad friends. Bad friends. Um, but this is that, like, broad, you know, like, we yeah. had to see him walk out naked yeah. with the door. Yeah, it's very silly. Um, so the... Uh, uh, at the end, we're back, we're back at the perk, and Marcel uh, Ross is like, oh, I'm sad that Marcel doesn't care about me anymore, but Marcel like, is bangs on the window like Benjamin from The Graduate Style. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. have a little like uh, uh, montage um, set to Barry Manilow's Look, Looks Like We Made It. Is mm-hmm. that what song that was? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then there's a joke about, uh, they put Marcel in the cab, and then Phoebe has a joke about uh, her guitar not working and asking Chandler if she can borrow his G-string, which is right. pretty funny. Yeah. And then we get a tag at the end where Joey has been cast. So it turns out this first ID was able to pull some strings and get him cast as a uh, dying man, but he can't sell the dying noise, so they just make his character already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Funny tag. Yeah. Funny episode, I have to say. Yeah, it was funny. Any other stray observations you have before we move on to funniest moments? Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting. In the first scene, I forget the context, but they were like saying, like, I wonder if any stars will be here. Like, who's the biggest star you can think of? And in the Friends verse, like, Sybil Shepherd is a bigger star than Julia Roberts. <laughs> like, Julia Roberts <laughs> doesn't exist, but Sybil Shepherd is, like, the biggest star that they could think of. Well, they were trying to say, like, what is Marcel's level of fame? Right. So I don't know if that means that Sybil Shepherd is the biggest star or if, like, Marcel right. is, like... I mean, that's pretty famous. Sure. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Famous. But in, the, like, in this universe, like, Julia Roberts doesn't exist. Right. But everyone else around does. And I also noticed this is a straight observation slash props to the props department. Or what's the opposite of props? Um, Shame on the props department. Cheers. Because cheers, <laughs> cheers to the props department. Because in that the record store window, there was a Chris Isaac poster, and in That's the universe right. of Friends, Chris Isaac is Rob Donan, who works for New York Public <laughs> but Library. Maybe there is a Chris Isaac, and he just looks different. Okay. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. I guess it's possible. Um, yeah. This is like what I was saying last week about the Sopranos. Like maybe in the Sopranos world, an actress named Lorraine Bracco played Karen in Goodfellas, right. but that actress looks different from Jennifer Melfi right. in this world. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, another, so I was so grossed out by the, by Julia Roberts being barefoot on yeah. the bathroom. Me too. Um, I also don't like the word panties. <laughs> It came up a lot. Which is used over and over again. I also like when Joey found out that Chandler was wearing panties. Mm -hmm. He was like, not judgmental. Like he was, (laughs) he was like, oh cool. I didn't realize you did that. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) I like, I like that non-judgmental side of Joey. Kind of guy. Um, unless you come within a mile of suggesting that he might be gay. Oh God forbid. Then yeah. Yeah. Uh, funniest moments. 
I have uh, a, a number of them. I'm going to go with a... <laughs> I'm going to start with a more subtle one. I got two from JCVD. The first one is when he's on the date with Monica, and Monica's like, could you beat up that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you have? Um, when, uh, oh, in the in the very early scene, they're trying to get Marcel's attention, and Ross brings... His favorite stuffed animal, Harry Elefante. <laughs> Harry Elefante. Yeah, that was good. Uh, my next JCVD one is after he's been hitting on Rachel and she comes back to talk to Monica and and asks for permission to go on a date. Yeah. And then she turns around and says, like, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude. she said it's okay. And Jean-Claude Van Damme just gives a big thumbs up. Yeah, th- yeah that was on mine too. Um, and then also this is like a very broad joke but it always makes me laugh and I don't remember if it was Chandler who no I think it was Joey who said to um, Jean-Claude because he was wearing like full um, camo oh no Chandler says it to just a different extra it wasn't oh, jo- it wasn't Jean-Claude it was a different okay. extra yeah. it was full camo and he said yeah. oh I almost didn't see you there yeah. and that always I love that. works for me <laughs> um uh Next one. I have two more because okay. it's a funny episode. <laughs> There's, um, and now I can't remember what is Joey comes into the restroom oh, whistling. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And yeah. Chandler, who's hiding in the stall, starts whistling with him, and they yeah. whistle back and forth. Yes. And then Chandler goes, "Joey," and Joey goes, "Ma." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the funniest. <laughs> and then I have one more, which is more of a whole fantastic just exchange. Um, after. Chandler's first date with Susie, he comes into the park and he says, stick a fork in me, I'm done. And Phoebe's like, why would I stick a fork in you? Well, that's like with a steak. She's like, oh, I don't eat meat. <laughs> How do you know when vegetables are done? You just eat them and then you know. Okay, well then eat me, I'm done. <laughs> that was It's a fantastic yeah. little back and forth yeah. there that like actually got like... Uh, an applause break from the live studio audience. Yeah. Um, I had one more. Um, they're at the perk and, uh, Rachel is working and she's like, does anyone need anything? And Monica's still being angry about Jean-Claude is like, Oh, I'd like an espresso. Oh, I'll get it myself because if I ask you to get it, you'll drink it. Or, you know, she's like still harboring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to friends, but make it fashion. Okay. Uh, I liked, She's wearing it, I think, at the at the perk and then during the uh, um, brawl with with Rachel. Monica's like argyle sweater. I it's wrote like that down too. Really yes. like yes. hairy. What would you call that? It's like a long haired sweater, yeah. gray sweater with argyle patches. Yeah, uh, I don't like, know what that. Is it's it? not mohair. Is it? And maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But yeah, yeah it was argyle, like an argyle cardigan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like that, that too. Um, did you notice Ross had like a sweater and the bottom was like scalloped? Uh, I, w- I wrote this down, Ross's sweater that's full at the bottom. Cause it's, it's like scalloped. I didn't notice that it was scalloped, but I did notice that because I have a sweater <laughs> or a sweatshirt that I wear sometimes that you don't like because it's weirdly like blousey at the bottom. It looks like just stretched out. But maybe this was like I bought it at a thrift store. Maybe this was like a '90s fashion mm-hmm. of men wearing sweaters or sweatshirts that like weren't tapered or elasticized at the at the waist. They just like no. Hung. This this was a design choice. I think yours is just old. just worn. Yeah. Um, and I, I like all the scarves. Okay, I also Rachel was wearing a blouse with words on it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what it said it had a word like the word sequel I, I don't know what it was um yeah she also had one with a crown on it okay i don't know why uh and then joey wears today i like when clothes return joey yeah. wears to the dinner the same sort of um unstructured like checker print sport coat that he wore to susan right. and carol's wedding oh yes yes uh, all right. Um, any running jokes, motifs, or foreshadowing that uh, I should know about? Um, no, I guess um, like a theme would be Chandler makes note of um, using humor as a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. 
when, you know, Susie's trying to call him out on his shit, kind of calls himself out. Yeah. yeah. Which I like that level of insight. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she was right to still be holding a grudge against a fourth grade boy? I mean, this was probably like a pivotal point. In her, like we were trying to believe that this was like a traumatic I, I, I experience. That, but you as a licensed therapist, don't you think she should have, she, she probably right. needs to work that out. She, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Doesn't mean the trauma is not there, right. but right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we can take a quick break then. Okay. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We're back. And I think we're ready to talk about How I Met Your Mother Season 1 episode. No, How I Met Your Mother Season 2, episode 13, Columns. Columns. <laughs> so this episode starts in a 1982 flashback of a young Ted um, like building with an erector set or Lincoln logs. Like I don't a, know what it is. Just some sort of like a, a skyscraper. Yeah, he's building and this a skyscraper was his school. early leanings into what he'll become when he's yeah. uh, an architect. Yes, an architect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, and like a bully kid. Yeah, smashes it. And that bully kid, by the way, I knew I recognized him. He was one of. Rita's kids on Dexter. Did you watch enough early Dexter? Do you remember like um, I watched the Ju- first season. I don't remember. Okay, but you remember Julie Benz? Yes, was like the love interest for like the first four seasons or yes. whatever. She had two kids, and he was one of that actor. His name's Preston Bailey. Was uh, oh. was was one of uh, her two kids. Okay. Sorry, that's okay. Um, so yeah, that um, little flashback is juxtaposed with the current day where he. Um, builds an atrium with columns. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Brian Cranston knocks it over. Yeah. This is like picking up the storyline where um, Ted replaced his boss on a project. So yes. now his boss is answering to him. So Hammond Druthers, played yeah. by Brian Cranston, yeah. is like the bad boss. Right. But now um, he's the unruly underling. Right. Yeah. So we get like um, Ted struggles with, you know, he used to be kind of just another employee and now he's like the high man on the totem pole. You know, he used to like make fun of the big boss with everyone and now he is a big boss and people are making fun of him. Mm -hmm. He used to tell people to like, oh, yeah, just like say you're sick and go to the Foo Fighters show. And now he's the one saying like, you can't go to the Foo Fighters show. You're not sick. (laughs) Yeah, which he finds out the guy's going to the Foo Fighters show because he's wearing a Unbutton Foo Fighters. Unbutton your shirt. Yeah, but he's wearing a Foo Fighters t-shirt, which yeah. I feel like that like faux pas, doesn't everyone know not to wear I the shirt I feel like this the show band? would be like, don't be that guy. Like, I feel like this show would have enough self-awareness to... Yeah, yeah. But I guess this dork doesn't know any better. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. <laughs> um, so then... Yeah, uh, Ted is like a workaholic and he can't think of anything but work and he's kind of obsessed with it. Um, he goes to like the big boss. Who Who is that actor? Oh, I don't know. Let me look it up. Okay. While you talk. Goes to the big boss to kind of like, I guess, complain about Hammond and the big boss is like, oh, just fire him. Fire everyone, <laughs> including Mo- Mosby. Well, the actor's name is uh, William Shallert, and he has 388 credits. Yeah, on he's like an he's, old... Yeah, been in everything. Like, I, I feel like Gilligan's Island. Maybe. Um, anyway, um, so he's, he's given the okay to fire Hammond, so he's trying to figure out how to fire him. Um, he wants to fire him, and then he asks to talk to him in his office, but it's... It's Hammond's birthday and all the other coworkers are like, hap, with a big cake and candles right. and they're all singing to him. So he can't fire him that day. Um, then we go back to the apartment and... 
Oh, Robin has a funny part where she's like, oh, I had to fire someone once. It was her, she had to fire Vicky, her makeup artist. Yeah. And then we see a little flashback where she fires Vicky, but she says, but you still need to do my makeup for the segment. Yeah. And then we see the segment, I guess Robin didn't look in the mirror, but she's full on like clown face makeup with like little hearts on her cheek. <laughs> but like in a way that's like messy. It looks like the Joker. Almost. Yeah. Like yeah. a sad, yeah. sad clown face. Yeah. You took one of my funniest moments, but that's okay. Oh, okay. It was a very funny moment. Um, so then they, um, we have an apartment scene where, um, Barney unearths a hidden painting behind the piano and it's a painting of a nude Marshall with a rose and like a little bench. Yeah. He's sitting in like a little, um, stool yeah. with a rose. Yeah. With a leg, his leg crossed for modesty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Barney is just obsessed with it. He loves it. Um, I guess. And so do Ted and Robin. Like they're all in on this is hilarious. Yeah. 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 They all think it's hilarious. Marshall doesn't really know about it, but Barney sneaks the painting into McLaren's and posts (laughs) it behind the bar. But Marshall doesn't know about it. So they're all at the apartment eating Chinese food. Which didn't it look delicious? Maybe it's the fact that like. I have like the crockpot's going right now and like I'm hungry because I'm smelling food. Yeah. And that, that. Oh, whenever, whenever any like show or movie has Chinese food in like takeout containers. Yeah. I'm always envious. And there's always so many containers because when we get something, we get like two dishes. Yeah. Maybe like an appetite. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But in TV shows, they get like a full five or six different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. We don't have left. We don't like do that. Fun stuff. Yeah. Maybe if we had a big group, we would do that and then have some leftovers afterwards. Or that couple in the commercial from for Caviar who orders like 12 different restaurants. That commercial we've seen almost every yeah. day for two years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Wow, wow. Please, listeners, tell me you know this commercial. It's on every Hulu ad break since the beginning of the fucking pandemic. If listeners are watching anything on like a streaming service. Yeah. Um. And also, like, if you add up the, how much that would cost, you know, because it's like at least little, like, tour on the at world. least like twenty, thirty bucks from every place, and yeah. they have like six or seven different dishes. Yeah. After service and tip, this is a special occasion meal. Must be, yeah. Okay. Um, so they're eating Chinese food, and then um, Barney says, "Like, oh, here, Marshall, I have a stool for you." <laughs> And then is it Robin who brings out a red rose? Like, here, you might want a rose. And then Barney pulls out a dart, and he said it's a nude dart. Nude art. And Marshall realizes what they're doing and is embarrassed, and he immediately, it clicks, and he runs to, like, he knows Barney well enough to know that it's probably posted at. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like you're skipping over some pretty funny lines here, because first Lily's like, I knew this day would come and Marshall's like, how? And she's like, well, I didn't hide it very well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But then, uh, when he goes to get it from behind the piano and Barney's like, Oh no, what's wrong? It's like, it's, it's missing. Where is it? Barney? Uh, you have to answer my riddles three. He's like, it's at McLaren's. It's at McLaren's. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to know what his riddles three were. Um, so, Marshall runs down to McLaren's. He does like a dive lunge to grab the painting. Yeah. Successfully yeah. escapes with the painting. Yeah. Big episode for Carl here. Carl oh, the, the bartender. bartender. He's got yeah. some good lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Marshall's like, whatever Barney paid you, I'll pay you double. I'll pay I doubt you. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay $10 more. And then he just like decides to just do a dive. Yeah. Yeah. To get it. Um, so he gets it back. Um we learned that Barney had like a five year plan for it, like all over <laughs> the state. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna tour museums yeah. and all over. Um and then there's a scene with um Barney and Lily where he's asking her to paint him. Well, it comes from a sweet moment where like he's like, I'm making fun of Marshall because he's ashamed, but it's actually it's a, a really good painting. painting. Yeah. So he yeah. likes the painting and then yeah. he's Maniacally saying, 
Paint me. Yeah. <laughs> Paint me. Um, he agrees. No, he decides that he'll pay her $5,000 to paint him in the nude. Right. Yeah. Which we find out from Lily when she wakes Marshall up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was like, like an indecent proposal type yeah. thing, like where she's thinking about it and they're both like, okay, we had this honeymoon planned in the darkest cavern, yeah. but we can go to Loch Ness. We can go to... <laughs> well, she says Scotland and he's like, Loch Ness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought of you because I, uh, I was like, is that what it's like trying to wake me up? Because oh. Marshall's a deep sleeper and yeah. she like has to do like slap him on the head. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely like poked at you and like have done things to see how... I'm a very deep sleeper. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, she decides that it would be worth it for the $5,000. Um, so they can get a, a great honeymoon. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, Barney or, um, Ted's storyline, he, he goes to the office at night. Why does he go to the office at night? I don't remember why he goes at night. Okay. And he finds that Hammond is actually sleeping there because his, wife is like leaving him kicked him out or something. kicked him out so he doesn't stay in a hotel because he thinks that she'll ask him to come back at any moment um so then ted can't fire him now because it's so sad so they bond and um hammond like goes back to his apartment and he loans him clothes and lets him hang out and they're like buddies now mm-hmm. so now he can't fire his you know down and out friend yeah um, but then the next day at a staff meeting, Hammond is like such a dick to him yeah, and is making fun of his columns again. Yeah. Um, so Ted again is like, okay, I'm going to fire him. But then he gets served divorce papers yeah. and finds out that his dog was yeah. cremated. Yeah. It's very sad. It's a very sad. Yeah. His, so dog, his dog dies. Wolfie. Wolfie. Divorce. And then he has a heart attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then in the midst of all that, like, Ted screams, you're fired. Yeah. And all the other employees are so angry with him. Yep. Um, but he, he finds a good way to make up for it. <laughs> oh, yes. He buys the office a margarita machine. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all having fun yeah. with that. Um, and then we hear a um, Guided by Voices song. I was trying to like yeah. place it. That's what it was. Yeah. I always thought it was Twilight Eyes, but it's Twilight Twilight Campfire is the name of the song. Okay. Um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, recognize it because I was trying to place that song. Yes. Um, Okay. So, oh, I jumped the gun on that, on that ending. Okay. Okay. So Lily is, is painting Barney. Right. Um, So he's excited to have, um, have his nude painting. Yeah. Um, Marshall's upset. Marshall's at McLaren's like dwelling, obsessing over it because Lily told him that like, you'll be the only naked male body I ever see, which is silly. Um, so he runs, he runs into the room in the nick of time and is like, Lily, we can make more money out of him. If like we refuse last minute and it works. So Barney agrees to pay her $10,000 for like full frontal painting. Um, to have like a, a great trip and they can stay in a, a castle for yeah. an extra $2,000. So they're just kind of milking him yeah. for everything. And then she finishes the painting and it's, um, what is it? Kenified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has like Ken no, no yeah. genitals. Yeah. It's just a smooth yeah. nub or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But they got the $10,000. Um, he has his <laughs> painting. Um, and Barney's obsessed with the fact that um, she left out um, little barnacle, little like he had a bunch <laughs> yeah, of names yeah. for his penis. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to point out um, one small thing. We get there's a flashback to Lily and Marshall in college. College. Mm-hmm. Um, when we find out like how she came to paint him nude in the first place. Right. It was like for a class or whatever. Um, there's a weird shit on Lily's dorm room walls. Like there was like a, a Comic-Con poster, like an actual San Diego Comic-Con poster I that, that I noticed yeah. that I was like, oh, cool. But there was also like a poster for like a furniture sale or something. There was, okay. So props to the props department. This was a very, like the graphic 
design art department had a field day with this one. Because did you also notice that when they're, when um, Hammond and Ted are in the office, he like pulls out a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. And the name of the whiskey is. Jay, uh, Jay Buckley or Jay something? Jay Buckley. And I'm like, yeah. is this supposed to be Jeff Buckley? Because they're oh. like music, musically inclined. You're probably right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe someone's a fan of Jeff Buckley. Yeah. How did I not think of Jeff Buckley? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good call. So props to the art department. Uh, but the, just a, a wider observation that I had, something you always point out, like, um, these people are kind of jerks. <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're bad me- friends. They're mean to yeah. Barney or to Marshall, and then yeah. they make a whole spectacle out of themselves at McLaren's. Like, you're yeah. always talking about them, like... Being oblivious. Having that main character syndrome. Yeah. Uh, but then also Ted, like, firing Hammond while he's having a heart attack. Uh, th- these people, like... like uh, like Susie, Julia, Susie Roberts, any therapy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we can't go through a show without comparing them to Seinfeld, but that's the whole. Yeah. Seinfeld at least came to acknowledge it. Yeah. Uh, Should we move on to funniest moments? Yes. What do you, what do you got? Um, (laughs) I know how much you love stools. Yeah, and it's before Marshall's caught on, and he's like, "They are they are good for your posture." Yeah. Uh, well, the funniest, the hardest I laughed in the entire episode was when Marshall before they have the Scotland honeymoon idea, like you were talking about. He, they had planned he wanted them to go to some caves. Yeah, and she was like, "He's like, it's not just a cave; it's a whole series of cave caves. There's a cave that's so dark you don't even know you're in there." <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Um, when Hammond and Ted get back to, into the office. Oh, my God. This is my other one. They were saying that the the cabbie was a Too talker. Yeah. yeah. A gabby cabbie. And Hammond says, we should call him a gabby. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ted's like, that w- I think it you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you took all of mine. Do you have any more? Um, nope. Let's move on to How I Met Your Mother, but make it fashion. Okay, so notable, I don't like it, but um, Robin had like a pirate blouse with like a cropped sweater over it. Oh boy. Which was silly looking. What did you think of Lily's, like, I don't know what you would call that sweater she was wearing at the very end. Uh, It's kind of like had the like, like ties. It looked like, uh, you know, like like a drug rug. You know, that kind of, it looked like a more feminine version of like a drug rug almost. I guess I don't know what a drug rug is. Does like straight, like long, like uh, stoner, like surfer dudes uh, wear these sweaters. They often have hoods. Hold on. I'm going to look up drug rug and see if it, it's probably going to bring up like a rug with a pot leaf on it. Um, Here, drug rug hoodie. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Hopefully, listeners, you're Googling drug rug yourself. Oh, it's like an appropriative Mexican style. Yeah, Mexican Baja. Yeah. Yeah, it's an appropriation of of, stoner cultures. But anyway, I felt like Lily had something that was kind of like that, but also like a little bit like feminized and Ren Fairy in a little, in a way at the end. That's not surprising. That sounds like. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Okay. The only other thing I'll mention is that. During when they come back from the office, there's the whole cabby gabby thing. Uh, this is the morning after uh, Hammond has spent the night at, at Ted's apartment, and they eventually like they say like he's Ted's like I thought we were friends. You're wearing my clothes. I noticed right away that Hammond was wearing the same like maroon shirt jacket that Ted wore to. The Empire State Building in the previous episode, oh. which I specifically, if you remember, at this segment last week, I called out. I liked that. Yeah. It's like a military-style jacket, but it's maroon with, like, patch pockets and epaulets. I liked it. And so as soon as Brian Cranston came in wearing it, I was like, I know hey. that jacket. That's but it was over jacket. a band shirt. Do you? Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. What it was either, yeah. yeah. Um, how about... Running jokes, motifs, and oh, foreshadowing. Wait, I also oh, noticed oh, Marshall in uh, Arizona State. Yeah, which is interesting because they didn't go. Yeah. They all went to yeah. Wesleyan. So or I at think least sometimes they just wear like random. I guess I have a Boise State shirt that I like 
where when I go on walks, I didn't go to Boise State. Yeah. I bought that shirt for four dollars at a Walgreens in Boise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a good like going on a walk or working out shirt. Uh running jokes, motifs, and foreshadowing. Um we do get a true story out of Barney. This wasn't there weren't a lot of Barney like catchphrases in this episode, but he does say true story mm-hmm. when he says uh he doesn't have a shame gland. He has where his shame gland should be. There's a second awesome gland. Mm. True story. And Lily's like, that's not the gland I'm worried about. Right. Um, yeah. He's definitely with the five-year plan for the painting. He's always like playing a long game, much yeah. like the slap. Like I'm waiting for like oh, yeah. him to get his slaps. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's always playing the long game. So I'm anticipating this. Maybe this painting will show up. Maybe. Who knows what uh, Marshall did with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to similarities and differences between the two episodes. There are a couple of small ones. Yes. Like, what do you, what do you have? Go ahead. So a nude storyline. Oh yeah. Okay. I had that as, I had that as one of the bigger ones. Okay. The smaller ones were, were you had more? I have a few. I mean, just, we talked about being bad friends to one another. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in both episodes, there's like a long con. So, Susie Moss's long con is right. Yes. It's unfortunate. Um, I have both episodes have, um, storylines involving, um, professional makeup ladies. You're right. <laughs> There's yes. just a, that tiny joke on yes. how many mother, but yes. like that's, uh, also, um, both, both episodes involve someone flicking someone. Oh, when Rachel and Monica are fighting, They're- they're does flicking Rachel each other flicks, on their forehead. Flick, I can't remember who does it first. I think Rachel flicks Monica first, or is it the yeah. other way around? Yeah. And Monica's like, did you just flick me? Yeah. And that's also the way, one of the ways that Lily tries to wake up Marshall, by flicking him. Good call. Uh, but yeah, that was the big one I was talking about, was like, yeah, male nudity, but also like male humiliation. Like torturous nudity. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like, I think it's a go-to comedy trope, because... Um, it's real. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a real fear, yeah. but it's also, it doesn't have the same baggage that like female nudity humili- humiliation has, you know, it's like, it's less funny if you left a, if you stripped a woman and left her in the bathroom alone, that would have a, ho- or you a whole other connotation. in fourth grade and it's a trauma. No, those are fourth graders. <laughs> Still, tr- like in front of everyone, imagine that that could have been. I guess, yes. That's, but what I'm saying is there's a, yeah. like, it, it's it's both, it's a, it, it, I think it's a go-to thing for comedy writers because it's real, but also not too upsetting. Right, yes. It's just upsetting enough to, yeah. that you can kind of laugh at it. Like if it was a naked painting of Lily, they wouldn't all be laughing at it and making jokes right. about it. They, well, they'd probably be making crude jokes. Yeah. Barney would, I'm sure Barney would not be a gentleman. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, I picked the wrong time to take a drink of water there. Uh, but I think it's time for us to play favorites. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is just too big and too successful a friends episode. Yeah. Um, it really felt like, I, I, maybe it's because I've become so disillusioned with so much TV comedy writing these days where everything feels like a self-contained like tweet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think like being on Twitter too much has like warped comedy writers minds and now they just write like they're writing tweets. Mm-hmm. And this like was a throwback old fashioned, just this is how you write comedy, like TV yeah. comedy, mainstream comedy. It's like big and broad, but also precise yeah. and character reliant and it's just funny yeah uh the how many other episode is also funny but i think certain things um like i spent too much time feeling bad for marshall or weirdly for hammond uh <laughs> right. to, to fully enjoy it right uh sorry i hijacked the reason for my well, do you have any reasons why you wanted to no yeah same okay. i don't i don't need to give reasons well then i think it's time to move on to my favorite segment to introduce which is called how were we doing? This is where we look at what was happening in the world in the days these episodes aired. Uh, this will be a shorter segment this time because this episode aired the same day as this episode of Friends aired the same day as the previous one, so we already covered it last week. Right. There's nothing new to cover. All right. So 
season two, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother, which is called Columns, aired on Monday, January 22nd, 2007. Uh, as far as what happened in the world, uh, Indian spacecraft SRE-1 successfully completes a 12-day orbital test flight, making India one of the few nations to return a craft from orbit. Hmm. Good for India. Good for India. Good for India. Let's see what was happening in terms of what we really care about. Top five songs in the U.S. Um, okay. At number five, we've got Akon Smack That. Okay. At number four, I think this is new to the list, Nelly Furtado Say It Right. I don't know how that I only sounds. know one Nelly Furtado yeah, song, Like too. a Bird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, Fergie, Fergalicious. And number two, Akon, I Want to Love You. Oh, and number, I said and number two, like that's the end of the list. Uh, and number one is Beyonce, Irreplaceable. Okay. Same as always. So let's move on to our final segment, which is called Challenge Accepted. Uh, and it's the only of our two segments. It's the one we've actually gotten to on the show but now you have to vamp because oh. the crock pot just screamed at me okay organic sparkling apple cider vinegar beverages dark chocolate bomba organic non-crackers dark chocolate strawberry bar cara cara oranges Apple cinnamon oatmeal bites. Organic shelled hemp seeds. Organic roast oh, what have we learned about? Media- oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't time that well. We're so close to the end of the episode that I was like, maybe we'll make it before. Nope. But no, I had to add the uh, capers and the orzo. Or so it would seem uh, to my uh, chicken dinner that I'm making tonight. That's not Dean's joke. It's a chopped joke. Uh, or so it would seem was the yeah. name of a chopped episode that we say all the time. Yeah. Um, okay. This ep- this sorry. This segment is called Challenge Accepted. This is where we make predictions about what's going to happen on the next episode of each of these shows, based only on our, or at least armed only with the episode titles. But first, we have to. Uh, um, see how we did last week and yep. I think I got I get one point you offered me a bonus point which I didn't get I get one point as well um, okay hold on we'll see are you kidding <laughs> hold on my, my prediction was different big name guest stars steal the spotlight so I was right there were new, different big name guest stars I definitely get a point there I said I get a, or you said I would get a bonus point if one of them was Melissa Etheridge which it wasn't yeah. okay you said Ted envisions his dream home does it have columns? You better believe it has columns. Okay. I guess I was thinking I get it because it's like architecture. And the, that was my prediction, is that the columns were architecture columns and not like journalism columns. Okay. Okay. But you specifically thought it was about a dream home. him building a place for himself to live. But it was a desi- It was like columns on a design that he created okay okay you know what i'd say i I misunderstood where the emphasis was in that prediction so i think columns and architecture i was as opposed to journalistic columns or columns on a page or spreadsheet okay there or like soldiers marching yeah right maybe i get a half a point we don't do half points you get a point i'm still ahead listeners do i get a point (laughs) I don't think you should, but you do. Okay, no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's split the difference. Let's get a half point. There's no, we're not doing half points. It's I said too, we should do a half that's point. That's too difficult. I think you, you get a point because you did predict based on what you meant. I just misunderstood the context, the context of the columns. Okay, maybe I wasn't. I mean, it was wrong about the dream home. Okay, yeah, maybe but I don't get one. I would say, I don't know, I think... What's you're, the score? You're low, uh, seven to six me. That's with you getting this point. Okay. I'm ahead by one with you getting this point. So I think it's... I've, maybe that's why I feel safe giving you the point, because I'm still ahead by one. Okay. Now, next week... Oh, even I know what this one is. Okay. This is such a like a big episode that even I know what it is, so I have to find out. Season two, episode 14... 
is called the one with the prom video. Oh. So I feel like I have to, I'm already ahead. Like this is, this is just part of the culture. I know what happens that we find out that like we get an illustration that Ross has been crushing on Rachel for ever. I know that it's one of the best episodes of all time. Okay. Um, it's certainly one of the most famous, um, for good reason. So, but I feel like I have to think of something else. Um, Oh God. This is a prediction that I don't want to come true, but I feel like is a very good guess. Is Courtney Cox going to be in like a, like a fat suit? Yeah, it's a good guess. It's a very good guess. You get a point. Court. Oh God, that's awful. Do you Um, know? Let me ask you. No, by the way, no autocorrect in the world recognizes the way that Courtney Cox spells her first name. (laughs) It is so hard for me to type. Like I keep having to be like, no, E-N-E-Y. <laughs> I swear it's real. <laughs> It'll learn. Um, do you know um, uh, Phoebe's like one-liner at the end of the episode? No, I don't know. All I know about this episode is that it's a video. I know it's it's the video of prom night, and I think Rachel's date stands her up, and then Ross unbeknownst to Rachel like puts on a tuxedo to like take her but then the date shows up at the last minute and Ross is like left standing at home alone in a tuxedo that's the entirety of what I know about the episode okay so you don't know what happens no after they're done watching the video no maybe that's where you can make a guess what they like kiss or something okay (laughs) I'm just trying to make a guess yeah um, uh, but it's not a guess if it's based on like pure knowledge of the episode. So I'm trying to like, but I told you what I know about okay. the episode. Okay. So my guess okay. is that Courtney Cox, but it seems like now you're telling me that's right. So I'm I not should... telling you anything. Okay. You want me to guess what happens after? No, 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 no. You got, you got it. You got a point. What, <laughs> what's how I want your mother episode? Episode. <laughs> no, two, now I have to come up with this. And also, because you made me change my mind, oh. I now have to try and type no, Courtney into this notes app again. <laughs> okay. Uh, Courtney Cox is forced to sweat it out under an unfunny. How about under. Under layers of unfunniness. Mm, that's good. Because, yeah, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that part of it. Yeah. All right. So, the How I Met Your Mother episode, season two, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, episode 14. Mm-hmm. Is called, wow, keeping up with the football theme. It's called Monday Night Football. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Maybe, um, at McLaren's, they have a, a Monday night football night and the gang. Okay. Gets in a conflict with Sportos. Oh, Okay, okay. So there's a conflict with some sportos and members of the gang on these okay. Monday night football events. Okay, well, I'm going to say, while well, watching Monday night football at McLaren's, the, oh, jeez, the gang has a, Beef. Fisticuffs. <laughs> um, uh, the, <laughs> the, Isn't that your the gang concept? <laughs> yeah. Engages in fisticuffs. But that's specific. Like, now you're saying they actually physically fight. Well, no. You yeah. Could just, you could just call them fisticuffs with sportos. Engages with fisticuffs with a band 
of roving sportos. <laughs> Uh, sporto ruffians. Yeah. Okay. Near duels. <laughs> Prep scallions. Whippersnappers? Whippersnappers. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's enough silliness. Um, I don't know why we need to bring silliness. The Friends episode tonight brought way, way more silliness yeah. than um, we could ever hope to, to rival. But uh, you can find this podcast. You, I mean, you're listening to it. You probably know where to find it. You can find it wherever podcasts are found, but you can also see a post for this podcast every week at BattleshipPretension.com. Battleship Pretension is the name of my other podcast, which is about movies. And BattleshipPretension.com is where you find me reviewing movies and other people reviewing movies and all kinds of movie-related content at BattleshipPretension.com. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. More importantly, you can email the both of us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Uh, now, Natalie, will you remind the listeners where you would like them to find you on the internet? You don't need to, okay. but you should let us know if I should get a point or not. <laughs> um, but okay. also, if you like this episode or this podcast in general, you should rate and review wherever you get your podcast. You should tell your friends. You should tell your mothers. Let us know what you think of it. Yeah. And let others know what you think of it. Until next time, see you at Marcel's. Aww.